0: This episode of The Shakes is brought to you by Bespoke Post, purveyors of the box of awesome. For more information, go to BespokePost.com forward slash shakes. And don't forget to put in coupon code shakes at checkout to get 20% off your first box. It never is really a good time for me to talk about sports. I'll just smile.
1: And nod. No, we don't even have to talk about sports. It's I about mean, an underdog. It's about underdog. the fact the that underdog. like yeah. I went out on Saturday night and got rip, roaring, college drunk because the Royals won.
2: And then you got or punched Friday in the night? We, went, we, yeah. went Friday, we went Friday night. Were you the lady night. that got in the fountain? No. Oh,
1: I wish I had been that lady. Oh,
3: I'm telling you, we went as a family to the Royals game Friday night and had I been with the dudes, I, w- I would have had to sleep at the stadium because that fucking game was so amazing. Well, I didn't see that coming. From Kansas City where it's sweatier than your grandma's stockings. Yeah. It's the
0: Shakes.
1: Can we introduce our guest?
0: Sure, I suppose. Well, maybe we should actually start the show.
1: Oh, we haven't started yet?
0: We never really actually just start, but. Yeah, I mean, why, Why? you know, the, I guess the weird... It we must, never actually just start. We never actually just start. actually just start. It. We never actually just start. But it must feel weird for Quinn because Quinn is just like surrounded by boss type. People.
1: Dude, I have a hundred fucking bosses, <laughs> so yeah. I just have nothing but bosses. That is my life. Yeah. Everybody is my boss. Like ninety percent of the people I work with are my boss.
0: Continuing in the in the fine tradition of having guests over the past few episodes, we have a guest again this week. However, instead of coming via <coughs> Skype, he's yeah, live. Yeah, our guest is sitting on the couch with us, and everybody say hello to Paul Corrigan. Hello, Paul. Hi, Paul. Hey, everybody. Hello, Paul. Hey, Paul.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Paul is
1: actually my direct boss. Or the boss really? of the bosses, <laughs> of my, all my Doesn't bosses. Yeah,
0: does feel that way. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and is I'm he, in his silo. Group. Oh, group. Oh, group. Now, silo. hold on, though. I thought that everybody there was silo. No, no. <laughs> There's not supposed to be any silos. <laughs> yeah. You're a renaissance man, as it were, kind of I I don't know if I'd call it that. Really? But, yeah. You wouldn't? I'm pretty okay. sure we
1: called you that on the show already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, what was
0: You're going to have to go with it because the words just came out of my mouth. Paul had a, a an idea of something to talk about and I'm just going I'm going to set it up and you're just going to have to run with it because because the way I have it written here it could go so many different ways. Paul wants to talk about finding things to press against. Ooh. <laughs> I'm so. pressing against six things right now. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, so you, uh, you had a, a, a bit of explanation behind, behind that a little bit. So what in the world does that mean, finding some things to press against?
2: Well, there's a lot of ways to kind of come at this, and, and a lot of this was we, I was driving 12 hours in the car yesterday, driving back from Wisconsin and thinking about this and, uh, and actually thinking about something, Pat, you brought up a while ago. You were spending some time with your daughter, and she was like, I Dad, had
3: in some rough dirt.
2: Rough dirt. Yeah, the rough dirt
3: what she called you But know.
2: she said, you're challenging me, right? Yep. Yep. And uh And it reminded me, I've got a 13-year-old daughter, Molly, and uh, she she regularly reads eight books at a time. Like she's got, and she'll do one chapter with this book, one chapter with another book. And recently she started writing. and But she she didn't want any of us to know that she was writing. And so we have... A computer upstairs. It's kind of the family computer, and uh, you guys, the app, the sticky notes, mm-hmm. that application where it's like looks like uh-huh. a little sticky note, and then you can minimize it and it becomes this little tiny box on the desktop. Yeah, she started writing stories in sticky notes and would minimize them, and she had them all along the margins of the desktop. <laughs> oh wow, it's kind of hard to ignore those. We wouldn't see those, but then she took it one step further and. She left one of them open once when I went up to the computer, and she left a note on it, and it said, "Mom, Dad, or Megan, if you want to read this, just be prepared because I'm going to break out an army of Omegas on you." And after that, she found the Greek letter Omega, and she repeated it thousands of times, so that brilliant. It's I started. So brilliant. I couldn't help myself. I started scrolling the sticky note, and it went forever, and I knew that <laughs> something was at the end of it, but I was like, "No, you know, she wants this private." I'll keep it private. It's
3: a little Jack Nicholson, The Shining. A little uh, bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: It was a little eye-opener. Um, but I thought about it, and I know that in, in it, she she sneaks away to do it, and you can hear her clicking away on the keys. And it drives our youngest daughter, Megan, crazy, because it gets her out of bed, and she can hear the clicking. And uh, and she, she does it when she's not supposed to, and she does it when we want her to do other things. But she still, it's like... There's something about getting away and sneaking away and doing that. And when I saw it, I thought, you know, is this a time should I get her a laptop and get her, you know, all set up to write on her own and give her space and give her time? But then I started thinking, you know, maybe there's something about this and this game that she's playing, yeah, you're
3: formalizing it too much. She's if you
2: pressing against something, and that somehow is is making the creativity happen. And if that if if that's somehow removed, and it becomes easy what will that do? And I didn't want to take that chance. Mm -hmm. So I just thought about that. And and I know that as a creative director, I hear a lot of, a lot of team members of mine come to me with frustrations and I hear frustrations (coughs) from other people that work with other teams and other leaders. And whether it's a creative director, a client or an account person or whoever it is in your team, that's putting a barrier in front of you. We can call it a challenge or it's an obstacle. Um, but, Sometimes that's what kind of brings it out. Sometimes when you feel like you're pressing against something, yeah. you're not in free fall. You have something that you're driving. So it's
3: a motivator, yeah. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think kind of what you've described it doesn't seem. It's like there's there's a friction there that mm-hmm. drives her, and I think if you formalized it and said, "Hey, I'm going to give you a laptop," and then I think it would be, she I don't would think
2: she would have obligated it. to, yeah. Yeah, I well, yeah, it.
0: I, I think, well, I think it it would end up killing it. I, and I think, uh, so, he, so here's a great looking at the two of you, uh, another way of looking at that. It's like the, uh, remember, remember Nablo Pomo for, from a few oh, years ago, like it was the national blog posting month. Oh and, yeah. Oh yeah. We yeah, yeah. All, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, know, yeah. We were all going to do yeah. like a blog post a day and all yeah. that stuff. You remember how grueling that was because it, was. it because it mm-hmm. ended up, it ended up like you're saying, formalizing that process. You know, and so, and I had all, all these plans. I'm like, okay, so, so Mondays are this type of post day. And he, and it totally took, it took all the soul away from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing. Yeah. Cause I, it's, it,
3: it, then it becomes work and mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, it's not. Cause yeah. And, yeah. And, and by
0: the end of November, I'm like, please go. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: And that was, yeah, I did that in October for
0: Lazy Eye. It, mm-hmm. it was good. God, it's hard it as hell. Grueling. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes no fun. At all, so yeah. Let's see, so so things. So what types of things do we press against? I think that was the second part of the, the question mm-hmm. you were kind of thinking about. And then Quinn said she presses against all the wrong things in yeah, the email. I do. And so please, <laughs> uh, what?
1: <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I think you know. It's no secret that I'm an emotional person, and what? I, no. I I know. And I don't understand. <laughs> So, you know, I don't always, I guess, you know, when I said that, the better way of saying it is probably, you know, I don't pick my battles very well. I tend to waste energy caring about things that I should just like move on from and, you know, figure out a way around them. But it's also, you know, then it's like the big things and I'm just like, I have no energy to press against, you know, like the real stuff that should matter because I'm too busy being exhausted because I obsessed about something totally insignificant, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's hard, you know, especially when you're a, a younger creative to see that big picture in a, All the time, you know, to always keep it in mind, because every little thing that happens, it just feels like a knife in your back. Like, I just want to make shit. Why is everybody making it so hard? You know, it's like, because it's not just, it's not just the client. It's not just, you know, your creative director it's you know the person that you're working with it's where you're sitting it's the opportunities you're i mean the list just goes on and on and on you know mm-hmm. and it's like you can't complain about them because then it feels like excuses but they're not necessarily excuses it's all this stuff that's forcing you into this world where it's like there's so many limits right and i do think that a big part of this whole like what what are you pressing against and and when does that matter it it goes back to this idea of like limits and you know, when there are these strict limits on what you can and can't do, like a creative brief, you know, Mm -hmm. they're like, you can talk about this, but just don't talk about it in a way we're not going to like. And you're like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what to do with that. (laughs) What is that? You know, but that's when real creativity happens, you know, is like, because you're, you're being forced to figure out your way around all of this stuff. But I mean, I find it exhilarating when I somehow manage to sneak a blog post off in the middle of a work day in spite of everything that I should be doing, you know? Yeah.
2: So, no, I, oh, I'm sorry. Go so we've got, I don't know, do you guys have cats? Any of you have cats? No. No,
1: I
0: did at one point. Well, we've Pat
2: got,
1: loves talking about cats. Cats, you would love you would
2: love our place. <laughs> but anybody who has cats knows that cats love to get in boxes or bags, and they'll just the smaller the box, the better. And there's something about the comfort of having that around them, even if mm-hmm. they can't fit. And I think creativity, create creatively. It's part of that is the same feeling. You you want to know that there's resistance that you've got something that you're pressing against or you're in free fall, right? And I think about, you know, you think about uh, musicians, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Why is it that bands are so great when they're young and then they get to a certain point and they just lose it? Is it because they get old or is it because the things that they were pressing against somehow are removed they and no then they are yeah. they don't know what to do and it's free fall, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm.
1: No, it's a, uh, um, you know... Yeah, you make it and you make it to the point where yeah. it's like people are like, what? You want a white lion in the recording right. studio? Yeah. Right. Of course, yeah. you know? Uh,
3: John Sales, who's a, a, a director, he was asked if you were given a hundred million dollars, what type of movie would you make? And he said, I'd make 10, 10 million dollar movies because it's, it is the, you know, I remember we worked um, when I was at Mueller, we had the chance to do a commercial for NFL and it was like, sky is the limit. And it's like, Jesus, what do you do with that? I mean, I'd much rather have somebody come in and say, you've got three days, Mm -hmm. you've got 50 grand you know, do something. Yeah. Um, because to me that I will be way more creative with those constraints
0: than sky's the limit. Do whatever, you know? Oh yeah. There's <clears throat>
1: literally nothing more stressful
0: than that. Cause yeah. you've automatically given yourself enough rope to hang yourself that, you yeah. Know. let's try that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. No freedom is dangerous. This is why I always think about it. And I'm like, man, I could never be a freelance writer and work in advertising. Like Mm -hmm. I, I would just constantly hang myself because without the constraints of just the work environment and all the obstacles that that alone presents. I mean, like I've made, I know my brain now knows how to work within that environment of like, well, that dude just will talk to you all day. And that dude just his desk is on my desk and like. I know that that account person 's going to come over and talk to me, but if I just put my headphones and stare at my computer, maybe they won 't like but then then I imagine like if I was a freelance writer i 'd probably just sit at home and be like daytime TV is crazy y'all <laughs>
0: and, and like I like the chew
1: and I would probably never do work until my husband came home and was like hey we got to do this this and this and this and I'd be like oh that's terrible oh my God, I can't I'm so busy do, I'm, I so busy. I I'm slammed I <laughs> I mean, I guess that's time management. Did I just describe time management? You did,
0: you <laughs> okay. did. In, in, in a certain way. Yes. I cool. Think, cool. Um, yeah, I'm bad at that. I, think I always- it's called scheduling. <laughs> yeah, I'm bad at that. You know, I
3: always, okay. I always, I always had, um, I always had things that I was working against that were motivators. Which you know, bad account person that I knew was going to shit on something, and I was going to sell it through despite them. Um, a, a ridiculous brief. Um, Countless times with Sonic. I mean, the stuff that they wanted to, and and McCain, I just got really good at, at, at turning that and just being sarcastic with it. Um, and you know, I remember we, we pitched a, a TV spot, um, You know, I think Sonic was offering, you know, they were doing raps. And I think they had three different raps. And like the brief said, now Sonic has a rap for everybody. And we're like, that's (laughs) the fucking stupidest (laughs) thing ever. And so we did this whole thing where like a guy went up into an auditorium and he said, now Sonic has this, this, this rap. Now they have a rap for everybody. And then we had the most ridiculous people like stand up, like even with, even for me. And it's like, yes, man who wears <laughs> snorkeling mask for no apparent reason and all these different, you know, random people. Um, but we, we love, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I, I love that. I love taking that turning it on it's turning it on its ear. Um, and not seeing it as a barrier, but kind of an opportunity yeah
0: yeah that's it's it's a it's good that we're having this conversation because we've just now come to the point at at uh, click farm here we've we've been spending you know like a year getting talent in and and getting re- and you know this place you've seen out there it's like a big tree house, well we've gotten to the point where okay we've got we've got the team we've got the people. Now we probably need to have like some sort of a formalized process. It's more than just, you know, everybody just kind of doing whatever. So now I'm actually starting to write creative briefs and things like, yeah, I know. Imagine me writing creative briefs. Dude. And, uh, and so, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting because it is putting a, because I've never had to write; I just have to read them, you know, and and act on them. And now and bitch it's about kind of is yeah, and bitch about them. And now I've got to do the writing, and it's 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 a weird world, man. And so so yeah, I mean, you know, it's like to flip that on its ear. Now I'm making the things to press against, and uh, it's interesting to identify where you need to put those pressable. Thing. How do how do we how should we describe those pressable things? I like, don't like, know. That, that, the word pressing because, is making me depressed. Because because, <laughs> because I just keep I keep feeling I I'm I'm imagining like the little like cat carpet posts and things. I don't know <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> yeah it's just like i just i just keep just like a room full of cat carpet posts and we just keep pressing against them and scratching our back the velocity
1: of cats so it's like they fall from the sky and then they just like press against a bunch of carpet pillars Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) they do that (laughs) hunchback thing so
3: well i mean what i like about it is it's it's kind of a twist on the cliche of like thinking outside the box and it's like Actually, living like moss. Right. We, we like we like the box.
0: You know? well, so
2: box me in, bro. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, uh It's you
0: know when I I'm going to cut it. that Quinn. That's terrible. Uh. <laughs> really?
1: Well, I, I thought it was ironic. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs>
0: okay. No, I don't. I don't. I don't cut much. But that I'm I'm going to cut. <laughs> now
1: you have to cut this whole conversation about how you're going to cut it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just going to cut it. <laughs> All right. Well, guess show's over. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, Paul always talks about how. Like he's always looking for the nugget of here's this idea. It's okay, but it's not there yet. And so then he'll like pull out this one part of the idea. And I'm like, I hate that part of the idea. He's like, you should focus on this part. And I'm like, I hate that part. And, but then because that's why I you hate have to focus it, focus on right. Because I hate that part of the idea. No, but it's like, you know, make this the idea. That's the idea, you know? And I'm like, Ugh. but groaning about that. That's, that's putting limits around me. So now my mm-hmm. thinking is like more streamlined and sometimes you get what you want out and of that
2: <laughs> randomly pick those nuggets. So yeah, mm. yeah you you there's focus no, on anything.
1: no science there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Your turn, Paul
1: <laughs> jump in. Yeah, what, do you,
3: what do you like to press up against? And
2: <laughs> press <laughs> yeah. up so, yeah. what's,
0: what's your fuzzy carpet post?
2: <laughs> well, I guess, you know what? I, um, I whenever I'm in a situation and and, uh, I mean, when we think about the business that we're in, it's we create work and we create things that go out there. But we work with people and it's all there's emotions, there's um, personalities involved. And I think when I think about pressing against um, things, one of the things that I like to try to do is think about what's if I'm having a problem with somebody, what are they what's pressing on them? what's working on them and what are they trying, you know, it's more of an empathetic view of, you know, if if you want to navigate, you know, the people around you, you've got to better understand kind of what they're dealing with. And that goes for, you know, when I'm managing down to people on my team or if I'm managing up to my superiors or even, you know, extremely frustrated with a client that's wanting us to make a very specific change. and It's like, well, what is it? It's like that's what they're asking for, but what is what's, you know, what's the what, what are they really, want? really wanting, and what's driving <laughs> yeah. that? You know, yeah. what are they what are they pressing toward, and what's on, what's pressing on them? So, I guess um, that's not really an answer. But the,
1: uh, uh, the answer is like thinking about others, essentially, yeah. which is a good answer. <laughs> well, you're not <laughs> always, selfish. Always a good it's, answer.
0: I mean it's it it seems so <clears throat> it seems so stupid, but um, you know the one thing that I think was largely missing from I don't know. Man, management's not exactly the, the right word that I want to say, but um, kind of, kind of in that that client and designer process for me for the longest time, what truly was empathy for you know because because you're right. It's it, it's it's not really that. It's not so much that weird specific change as. How that weird, specific change ended up becoming expressed and uh, and so, when I ended up reading uh mike montero 's design as a job, there was a whole huge part about having empathy for that behind the scenes process of of where where is all that coming from, and you know, like I say, it sounds stupid that that it would take me having to read it in a book to realize it, but once I figured that out, I was like, oh, my God, yes, okay, that's the one thing that's really, really missing that, you know, kind of takes me to the next level of being able to do good work beyond just, you know, oh, this looks good or works well or whatever. And so, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of important. And, and that is uh, an, an interesting uh, pressing post because their their fuzzy cat post then becomes yours, but it tends to be a little more chewed up by the time you get it yeah. because, you know, from from their own frustrations. so.
3: To to Paul's to Paul's point about finding what people press against, um, you know, I had um, I had an art director who was very he he carried a lot of stuff baggage. Yeah, well, no, just didn't express it. But you could tell he carried stuff with him, Ah. and he projected it without really. I mean, you could just tell in his mood and stuff, and. What was so funny is that, you know, and this is, you know, this is, this is no slam on creatives in general because we're all broken in one way or another. But, you know, with, with my daughter, um, and I, I probably mentioned this and I'm sorry, but, um, (laughs) she, um, you know, she has attachment disorder and, oh, and I did when we were talking about rough dirt, I, I mentioned this, but, she has attachment disorder and we have to do, um, to kind of, you know, let her know that she's safe and that we're in control because with attachment disorder, it happens with high IQ kids. And they think if no one's in control, then I'm in control, you know, and it's as early as a year old. Um, and so you have to cradle her and, um, and, you know, just kind of reiterate, you know, I love you. I'm in control. What's going on and stuff, and and I had to do the, this with this art director. Obviously, not literally cradle. Him, oh, I would have but, loved to have seen that. But it was kind of a weekly thing of go in, dig at it, and um, and let it let it come out mm-hmm. and let it come out. And that was you know what was you what were you pressing against and Sherry Sherry teach, she was. <laughs> she was uh her husband was um going to have um surgery, and she had like ten meetings to tell everybody i'm leaving <laughs> I'm going, you know like the fucking place was gonna shut down mm-hmm. and I was poking at her the whole I'm in all these meetings that I was in, and I finally pulled her in, and I'm like, all right, let it go you know because you know and then she was just you know. I, I, I because she would she just had so much angst and it's mm-hmm. like let it get out mm-hmm. you know let it get out what's you know what's what's bugging you here and so anyway
1: well, I think you just diagnosed me with attachment disorder. I, you, feel, you yeah, have, I feel like I, I've been. Meaning I have to that, Paul, and I'm going to need you to take me to side once been, a week and I've help me work this to shit tell out. You that you have
0: severe attachment. I, disorder.
1: I totally do. I didn't know that there was a name for it other than like you know. Yeah, I,
0: I wrote it down as well, mostly because of the uh, if if no one is in control, then I am in control statement. Because I feel like that's something. No, you I need remember. To talk I remember. I mean,
1: I had incredibly irresponsible, horrible parents. Well, yeah, I mean, it would actually,
3: it would kind of strangely, but I will tell you that the side effects of it later on in life, um, lying, promiscuity, theft. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Where do you think those crackers came from, Pat? Yes. Yeah,
3: exactly. Exactly. I'm not going to say whether it
0: was theft or promiscuity, but hey, you got some crackers and cheese. I did a little favor for the cheese
1: and crackers. No, man. Cellar rat was having like a douchebag convention. It was like so many dudes wearing rain boots. like What? Like they were wearing tall rain boots and like mm. seersucker shorts. Jesus. And they all had their hair cut. It was super weird. I felt like oh. I walked into the weirdest thing happening ever. Oh, they always act like they're mad at you for coming into their store That's if they're bad. having, you know, like a wine tasting Tasty. or something. Mm. It's like what? <sighs> Do you think you are a pedestrian? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm telling you, if
3: I could, if I won the lottery, 50, 100 million tomorrow, I would open up a fucking DVD shop and hire the snootiest, nerdiest geeks that made everybody feel like an asshole for walking in that door because they were so, oh, you're going to rent that? Jesus, seriously? <laughs> You know, just do a high fidelity, just straight up Jack Black. You would have and, to have a
0: lot of money because probably like three people would come. Oh, yeah, that. yeah. I mean,
3: I, I otherwise, <laughs> it, I'd have to shut it down. I mean, it would cost me like a mill a year oh, just yeah. to keep the damn thing yeah. open. Actually, DVDs? what we would do is we'd just have VHS. VHS is the
0: superior. <laughs> Honestly, no, superior if, you had, before, if you were, yeah, were going to yeah. really douchebagged, it, it'd be laser discs.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> you don't have a laser disc anymore? Get out of here. <laughs> Beta, beta, baby, come on! VHSs are coming back, though. Oh, of course they are. I made I made the mistake of uh, um, really on some blog all up on that. Yeah, on on on, I made the mistake of uh, uh, making some comment about how stupid VHSs are on uh, Stacy Ponder, and I can't think of what her. Blog name is, but she's a great. She's a. I think it's weird that colorist. you leave
1: comments. I think it's weird that you're the kind of person that goes to a blog and leaves a comment. But also totally not surprised by it. But I just think it's kind of funny. While he's watching his DVDs. <clears throat> what? <laughs> I don't know. I just leaves think it's a funny. Comment on a blog? Yeah, I just think it's funny. Why? I don't Wait. know because I that is not something I press against.
0: I'm not talking about <laughs> pressing against. Pat just, is the what, only what non-Viagra bot leaving what I'm, comments what I'm, on blogs. What I'm
3: leaving, what, what I'm, and this was years ago, but what I'm saying is totally made a bag against VHS, and she's like, I've got a huge VHS collection. I'm like that's awesome. I have a huge. <laughs> I, I have VHS a huge
2: collection.
1: VHS collection too. Why? And I'm going to hold on I to it
2: because is the does, dumbest, dumbest collection. Why? Why? Everybody's got them somewhere. I, nope. I cannot. No, I literally cannot
3: part mm-hmm. with some of no, my VHSs. I happily. You, now you can make an argument with vinyl because vinyl provides a sound that a CD cannot. And but
0: VHS, Jesus, come yeah, on! It's bad. It's mm-hmm. hoarding. I know okay. it's I, hoarding. It is. I have four tapes and they're, and they're all of just like, you know, my news standups and things that I, that I did in college. But like when we moved from Oklahoma city up here and I just put two huge boxes of VHS tapes on the curb and they were all
2: gone by sunrise. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: I will say that I have the original Star Wars
2: trilogy. I do too.
3: Still in my box
2: because it was before everything got messed with.
3: Yeah, before Lucas came in and fucked up everything.
2: I got that, and now I wish I had kept that one.
3: I had had the I had the original um, entire Twin Peaks first season (laughs) VHS box. It was glorious. Mm. Sold it on eBay for like one hundred and
2: fifty bucks.
0: Yeah, you can sell
1: VHSes on eBay
2: now. You can. I've got uh, I, Copland. I, remember Copland? Oh remember yeah, Copland. Stallone. <laughs> Copland. Yeah, <laughs> Copland. I think
3: I used to. I thought I had uh, Ichabod, Mister Toad in a, in a clamshell.
0: Can't find it. Mm, mm. Box sets are awesome, and boxes are awesome. And so I thought we would talk very briefly about Bespoke the box of awesome. There you go. That's right. So uh, let's uh, talk about our sponsor for this episode, Bespoke Post, who are the purveyors of the box. Of awesome, and we've talked about that for uh, the past couple of episodes, and it is a. Uh, I think I think they say that it like it's something like your monthly upgrade, so it's like cool manly stuff for 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 you, uh, and it can be a number of different things. It can be cocktail stuff, it can be shaving kits, uh, shoe shine stuff. Uh, like this past month, they they gave you the choice of two different things. You could do like a poker set type of thing, or they had the Hemingway, which was like this really cool, um, like moleskin notebook and a fountain pen and like this crazy knife that I guess he used to, you know, peel oranges as he, you know, drank himself into a stupor. <laughs> he killed bears. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, and, and so, the, and you could get the, all that stuff. It's $45 a month the retail value of what you actually end up getting in the box of awesome is always way greater than $10,000. Oh yeah, I mean like like the like the Hemingway thing, the knife itself, it's like some crazy handmade French knife that's that like $50,000. Yeah, dollars, I swear to god, right. it's like 200 yeah, it's it's at least a quarter of a million dollars. And you're going to pay $45 a month for it. And so uh and and, and Like I said, it can be all sorts of different things. They, they send you an email at the beginning of the month that says, here's what, here's what the thing is. Do you want it? Do you not want it? Now here's, here's the caveat and, and Paul and Paul and Pat learned the hard way this month. (laughs) So we should got
3: poker chips coming to my house. Yeah.
0: He's got, he's got poker chips because, because one thing is like, if you see it and it says, do you want it? You've got five days to say, I don't want it or I do want it or else it automatically comes because see you could have got the crazy french knife and you I actually, could have killed actually what
3: a bear. I wanted was I wanted the barbecue with the cedar planks.
0: Yeah. Son oh of yes, a that bitch. one was cool too. Son yes. of a bitch. Yes, that is true. Yeah, the barbecue with the cedar planks, they had like cedar planks and oak planks and yeah, like all I this had crazy shit.
3: of I was going to slap a big old piece of salmon on that. Well yeah, thing.
0: you would like with like like spikes, iron spikes and oh man. See, it's manly. It's very manly stuff. So uh, you can go in, you can go out and, and go to bespokepost.com/slash-shakes. Check it out. Uh, sign up. You know, start start getting your own box of awesome. If you put the coupon code Shakes in at checkout, you will get twenty percent off your first box. And so, uh, thank you very much to Bespoke Post for sponsoring the Shakes, and they truly are. Now, wouldn't it be cool if, like, they had a bespoke post, like VHS, like, like <laughs> your artisanal VHS uh, artisanal. maintenance kit? You know, like, like the, like the, like the old head cleaner <laughs> that you know you put the little drops in, and it's got like the cotton oh, tape yeah. that goes around, you know, clean clean the heads on your VHS player. See, that's what they need to. That's what they need to come out that's with next. I mean, yeah, my,
3: we have we have a box um in our basement of cassette tapes that my wife will not let me get rid
0: of see i got rid of those too
3: i'm like come on i mean again just i it's like i get even laser discs okay like, question okay, I get do
0: you it. even have a tape deck no what
1: about in our
3: car
0: decision made no
3: i have no, a tape deck in my HR. car seriously how old is your car
0: I mean how many how many times is she going to listen to that beat up rendition of November rain I mean seriously Yeah she's, she's You
1: know what not. you should do you should play a really funny game It's like <laughs> First of all you should get a really drunk and then you should like bring out the box of tapes and then you should be like Okay, these two have to fight each other which one wins. Which one wins. <laughs> and then like we'll do super fine. We'll yeah, yeah, but with super her tapes. tapes. But with fight. her tapes. And then when she like picks one, then you take the other one, you throw it on the ground, you smash it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this one's dead. Yeah. Or here's a really good game I like to play with my son. It's called Throw It All Away and You Never Miss It. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. Okay, no. so you wanted to talk about banjos. Let's talk about banjos.
1: And Paul Go.
0: Go banjos well,
3: um <laughs> how long does it take you to make Anytime. A banjo? okay
1: anytime i'm around anybody that doesn't know about paul and how he makes banjos i'm like T- do it tell him tell him about it yeah I do feel, it i
2: feel bad because that's kind of become my i'm like the banjo guy yeah well, but it's, it's really cool that, it's <laughs> so much
1: cooler than anything the three of us do so like let's hear it All right, And start so, with the whole wood and the thing and the
2: well it was about i guess i don't know I keep thinking it was like two or three years ago, but actually I think it was about seven or eight years ago. And I read this silly articles about new year's resolutions. And they said this year, instead of giving something up, Joe. add something that you've never done before. And so I thought, well, I've never played an instrument and I always wanted to play the guitar. Cause my oldest brother played the guitar and, and I would kind of sneak it and I'd learn like the first three chords of smoke in the water or whatever. And, um, and I thought, well, maybe I could pick up the guitar, but then I, you know, the world, God love them, but the Lord, the world probably has enough guitar players um, already. So I thought, well, banjo. I don't know anything about the banjo. It's this weird, strange. It's this. Uh, <clears throat> it's got this kind of like dark, checkered history. Nobody really knows its real origins, and it's an authentic American instrument. And uh, you know, the the original. Banjos were handmade, and they just used whatever materials they could find, and so it sounded like it's just kind of a cool thing that was totally foreign to me, so I picked it up. Um, I bought a really cheap um, like Chinese Korean banjo that you know like a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. um, and you know that rule like get something cheap, and if you don't like it a year later, it's no big deal. Yeah. so that's what I did. Um, but I liked it, and uh, the time came to, you know, it was like, okay, time to get serious. I want a real banjo. And I'm looking online. I'm looking for banjos. And every banjo that I liked, I couldn't afford. And every banjo that fit within my price range, I just hated. And the more time I spent looking, the more, time, the more times I ran across these characters online that were building their own banjos. And there's this whole community called Banjo Hangout. <laughs> dot org if you're interested (laughs) i have an account on that site um but it's all these guys that share their notes on they just make these things and they're hobbyists and uh and i really got into it and i thought you know i think i can do this you know i know how to work with wood and um i might as well try it so i made a I made a banjo and i love it and uh And I just started hanging around other people that wanted banjos. People that had never played banjos before. Um, And mostly, okay, this is weird. It's mostly people that I used to work with. (laughs) Yeah. For some reason are coming back to me saying, hey, can I have one of your banjos? Yo, man, I heard about
1: the black market
3: banjos. (laughs) It's like a Hanzo sword. (laughs) (laughs) You can strike someone down with this and then play a really nice song. A real nice ditty after. (laughs)
2: So, it takes about six months for me to turn one out. Good God. Yeah. Um, what do you charge I don't for work one? six months on them. Um, but I, I probably put about 40 to 50 hours in each banjo. What, but do, it's you, what do you literally, charge? Um, well, it costs about $500 in equipment. Just materials. Yeah. Period. Um, and these first... I'm only on my fourth banjo, and I'm starting my fifth banjo, and they're all you know, on commission, basically. And I only charge a few hundred dollars over materials because... I'm not, obviously, it's not a career. I'm not going to make any money on this. So why even bother with the money? I think if I was thinking about making a profit, I would have just a totally different perspective on, you know, it would feel like work. Well, it would be the sticky notes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so if I can get enough to pay for the materials and put into whatever the next project is, Mm -hmm. I feel good. Yeah. Um, But, you know, there's something, you know, we've talked, you guys have talked a lot about, and I know you've beat it, like a dead horse, this creative cre- mistress. Thank you. And I thought about this because I've had, I've done that many times in my career. I've done, I've done freelance on the side. I've done, I've done, you know, short little stop motion movies. I've done animated comics. I've done things that are like one step removed from the things I do at work. And it was always frustrating. And it was always, it always, I always felt like, um, and people around me that found out that I was doing it, there was always that sense of, oh, if you're spending that time on that, why aren't you spending it on See, this assignment?
3: Yeah, that's, I mean, <clears throat> that's stupid. There, there were some creatives that we had that I found were way more creative in their extracurricular. Yes. And I'm like, bring that to the day-to-day. Yep. But that, was, that never applied to
2: you. But what I like about this is it's so far removed that it's just, it's not even in the same. Yeah, you can't even say banjo and advertising in the same sentence. True. And uh, well, I just did, but um, <laughs> you know, the other thing that I like about it is, you know, the things that we create every day in advertising, they're they're very temporary. It's ephemeral. It's stuff that you might have in your portfolio, but a year goes by and you can't even. You can't even show that stuff because it's out of date or it's yeah. something that you, you've moved past. Um, and this gives me something of permanence. I feel like I'm creating something. You know, the, I've got a banjo over there against the wall that's 130 years old. So um, if I can create a banjo that 100 years from now is still around mm-hmm. yeah. and it's an object that I put creativity in, but then somebody else takes and creates their own content, with what I created, I think that's yeah. that's pretty cool. Uh, so, God,
1: like, did you guys not just both feel like total pieces of shit
2: now? Yeah, because I, I, I really my, much like the Paul whole thing. Has
0: of, a... If I
3: can create something that's you know here, I, I mean, I can't even say that about my kids. I mean, how is each one unique? I mean, what do you? Yeah, what are the, the things that you
2: use? Okay, well, um, wood is the first one, right? So you've got to pick out the wood, and it's. You don't just go to the lumber store and say, "I need this kind of wood." I mean, you take the time, you look at the grain, you look at the direction of the grain, and you kind of—not to get too like weird—but it's no,
1: get weird, get weird. I mean, about when
2: it. A, a sculptor lo- a sculptor looks at a rock and you kind of see the form, you look at the grain and you look at the wood, and you can see the shape of the the part of the banjo that you want that wood for, and you you, you can see that. Um, the other thing that I do is. Well, first of all, they're all made by hand, and nothing is machined. So I use only hand tools. So there's nothing's perfect. There's no perfect right angles. There's no perfect um, anything on these. And so that alone kind of gives them um, that sense of, of one of a kind. And then the other thing that, um, that I started doing is there's these coins, and I never knew about them before. It's called coal script. If you're familiar with the old lumber camps and mining camps, um, oh yes these and Meyer. these yeah <laughs> well these is back in the turn of the century 19 early 1900s and these workers they worked for the company the mining company and they got paid in these coins and mm-hmm. it's not like it's not US currency it's these strange little coins with the mark of the company on it and they always have this whole like a shape punched out of them there's this unique shape that like identifies the company, and I think that was either either so that they can easily string them on a string or that it's so easy to tell that this belongs to this company yeah. at a glance.
0: Well, it's like a cattle brand.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, And these guys, this, these are the same kind of guys. They worked West Virginia. They worked in Kentucky. They worked in North Carolina. These, these mining communities are the same communities that banjo playing and banjo music really started to rise from. So there's this interesting connection of both the time period Um, The geography and the type of people, the people that worked in the mines are the same kind of people that would play banjos. Because banjos historically have just been the outcast. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not even supposed to play a banjo indoors for the most part because it's not allowed. So um, with every banjo, I embed a a piece of coal script in the head of the banjo. And so, instead of using um, ornamentation, or a lot of banjos have a lot of like mother of pearl inlay, mm-hmm. these banjos just have a very simple coin in the, embedded. And there's a piece of history that coin, you know, passed hand to hand with real people through the through the decades. And the uh, the style of banjos that I create are in the same style as they made in 1910, 1920. So mm-hmm. it's just a nod to that. And yeah. and there's a little. When I send somebody a banjo, I send them a little history of the whatever that mining company was, the type, you know, how many mm-hmm. people worked there, how many years they were, what were the people like, what were the communities like. Um, so it's just a one of the things that I've noticed is there's a lot of guys that are making banjos on their own, um, but they're objects, and there's not really a story behind the objects that they're creating. Yeah. And so oh, what cool. I'd like to do is just create. These pieces that there's a story behind that people, there's a connection to me because they know me, but there's also a connection, you know, to the past.
1: So. Is your site still up?
2: It is up. What's and, that? And uh, it is uh, Bad River Banjo. Bad River Banjo.com. And just know that nobody knows that URL except for the people listening to this. Now. Dude, you're going to
1: have so many, wow. like, Five people. Yeah, you're
2: gonna have five hits. <laughs> okay. Like
3: I'm, I'm five years. I'm five years out making your banjo. The, re- so, the reason
2: I say that is because I'm de- developing the website as it's as it's live. Yeah, so I'm yeah. building it out, which is kind of cool. You know, it's things that are. So I mean, you're gonna see some some stories about how I started. You're gonna see some of the banjos that I made there. Um, and there's this great story. I brought this banjo over here. It's um it's from the 1890s. And I saw it on eBay, and it was actually, the neck was in three different pieces. It was shattered.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It was
2: almost worthless. Um, but it had this great nickel-plated rim. And I was like, I could do something with that rim. Maybe I'll make a new neck with it. But I talked to the guy that was selling it. And I was like, hey, I like this banjo. Um, do you know the story behind it? And he said, well, actually, I do. It was my grandmother's banjo. And she, she when she was a young lady in the 1890s, um, there was a young man that was courting her, and he brought this banjo to her as a gift the day before he was leaving to the Klondike for the gold rush. Oh, if you're shit. familiar, oh wow! The, if you're familiar with the gold rush in like Canada and Alaska, ice cream bars, Klondike ice cream. Exactly. Bars. Thank them. you. Yeah. Um, but like,
1: wait, that's not related.
2: Dance floor challenge.
1: <laughs> wait a minute.
0: Sorry. Go ahead.
2: So this guy gives her this banjo the day before he goes to the Klondike Gold Rush, and he's never seen again. So here's this young lady that has this banjo, and he told me that every Sunday afternoon all of his grandparents and cousins would get together and they'd jam, and she played this banjo for years. Uh, But he had found it in the closet, had been in the closet for about 80 years, wow, busted. So there's just something cool about bringing that back. Yeah. Can we see it? Playing the first notes on that and thinking about, you know... This play over there, and this guy.
3: If you play it, will the spirit of her show up? And yeah, like can, toe tap and the children. Can chair and you stuff? can you play
1: can you play us a sick diddy? <laughs>
3: I just feel like I feel like we did Sunday morning CBS uh, magazine. That was oh kind of yeah like yeah. Like should we, we have been looking
2: at, at show, uh, honeybees? The- no, you know <laughs> what we should do is yeah, we, we should actually and yeah. we should
1: actually try to get Paul into like a studio at some point and he can record like a little outro or something yeah. for us. I'd love that. So a big reason I w- I wanted to have Paul in the show is because we talk so much about the creative mistresses and I feel like. Paul treats creative mistresses completely differently. You know, like his creative mistresses are completely almost never his job. Right. Like, like I'm like, I'm going to write this and then I'm going to go over here and I'm going to write this. It's because I am a writer. Right. Mm -hmm. But like Paul does this banjo thing. And then also he's like spent months perfecting a recipe so that he can make his own yogurt. Like okay. in jars.
2: <laughs> what? Days. No. Like, no. Days. Oh.
1: Uh, but he can. But I.
2: But I just uh, failed at it for a couple of weeks. But yeah.
1: But I think uh-huh. that that's such an interesting story because if I tried to make
3: why what was the motivation yogurt? behind that?
2: Well. There's <laughs> <laughs> I.
1: feel like I just embarrassed everyone get me. out of the house. I need to make some story.
2: yogurt. Um, well, there's this. Uh, it's just kind of a.
0: okay sorry
3: Sorry,
2: go Go ahead ahead. sorry um pat it's just and it's kind of you know quinn and i work together on on ball canning which is one of our accounts at barclay and uh one of the things that we love about that is is that's a brand that stand that celebrates make the making of things making and sharing and the more i looked at that and started looking at other parts of my life where I am just consuming things and going out and buying things that are mass produced. Um, and everybody feels like most people in society feel like, well, you just got to go buy that at the grocery store. And it's not necessarily true. And so I just started looking at things that I could start to make on my own and yogurt was like, I never thought you could make yogurt by yourself, but all you do is you heat up the milk to a certain degree and you add the, add some yogurt. Yeah. And then you let it cool, for like four hours, and that's it, and it's that simple. And um, so, like, so you get some seed yogurt. Right. You need regular wow. yogurt, non-flavored yogurt. But I mean, that's it. Just takes a little bit of time, and I do it on like Saturday afternoon, and I've got yogurt for the week. So, yeah. I don't I know mean, if that's a creative no, mystery. It's
1: awesome. I mean, it totally is, though. <laughs> well, it it's is. Like, yeah. Because it's like something, it wasn't an immediate There's get, just, yeah. You know, like you had you had to do some trial and error with right. it. You didn't immediately give up on it. Mm-hmm. And now it's like you have homemade yogurt, which like nobody else has. Like, it's just like one of those things where it's like, uh, I would never do that. It's just
3: a natural curiosity mm-hmm. uh, for how things are made, why do we yeah. get them and stuff and yeah, yeah then no, that's great. That's
0: well, great. and I also think it's 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 worth saying that it's also a bipolar or bipolar. It's a pol, it's a polar opposite uh, especially in years past to the types of things that you would make anyways because you, uh, before you were an ECD, you were a you were a digital mm-hmm. creative director. So mm-hmm. everything that you did always you know, revolved around the web. And I'm sure that even now today, so many of those things still have got a really huge digital component to it. So you've got, you know, the, the high tech version of it, and then you're, you know, seeding, Yogurt. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't get far, any farther apart. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, as, and like Reeb Schlager and his chickens, too. Yeah. I mean, that's another example of somebody yeah, I can think of. Yeah, he lives that in like, like Brookside. Yeah. And he's got like the chicken coop. Everyday, everyday fear. So we, we always talk about poopy pants times and internal velocity decants and all that stuff. As so as, it so, relates to creativity. Yes, but what's your everyday fear? That is not work-related. Yeah.
3: Can I start to kind of quantify you you, you have to
0: start because okay. I don't know.
3: So here's my everyday fear. I go to my car. I hit the garage door opener. As I'm walking to my car, I am directly in line of the metal cable that pulls up the garage door. And I'm convinced every morning that I do that, that eventually one day that cable will snap and immediately hit me directly in the eye and kill me. That is my everyday fear. Go ahead and laugh. It's freakish.
0: I thought you were going to say cut you in half, but I was going to say they, they have proven on Mythbusters that that can't happen. They proved on Mythbusters that you can actually polish a turd. They did. Yes, they did. All sing, of a sudden, I feel very...
1: Very... Normal? No, no. Say <laughs> No! But I feel confused about how the garage doors work now because <laughs> I've never looked at my garage. Actually, I mean, I do think garage doors are stressful, but mainly just because it's like, what if I do the thing where I stick my leg out and it doesn't no, stop? <laughs> you know? it's not. No, the,
3: I mean, we've got it. We've got, you know, our house is built in 38. So we've updated the garage door, but I think we're still very archaic in how the goddamn thing comes up and comes down. And we have had countless problems with... The metal cord snapping, and you know nobody's been around when it's happened and stuff. But I've got on either side when you're getting into the car, there is this metal cord yep. that I'm mm-hmm. thinking enough
1: pressure on it,
3: enough pounds per. So do you just whatever.
1: like get in your car as fast as you possibly can every morning? <laughs> I just I look at it and I think
3: this it's damn just a thing could of dread. snap out and just yeah. pop yeah. out my eyeball right now. I just
1: I, I see. I would go with death, but popping out your eyeballs is interesting. I am afraid of the dark.
0: Oh yeah, we, Jesus! Yes, no, right. really? We, we no,
3: no, a no. Bit like more
1: I'm specific. okay. I'm.
0: We've talked about really, the basement thing.
1: Okay, yeah. Fuck the basement. <laughs> I mean, like my laundry, like my washer and dryer, are down there, and mm-hmm. I do laundry like once every four weeks, yep, just because yep, it yep. stresses me out. Mm-hmm. And, but. That the basement isn't as bad so much as like. So my husband hates lights. He, I think he's just like light sensitive, and so
3: like. And you guys somehow so you hate the dark and he hates light, and you guys ended up together.
0: He liked dark spaces with like a very dim light bulb.
1: Yes.
3: Or no light bulb. Yet another
0: reason why Steve and I were meant to be together. No light bulb at all. You just got totally
1: (laughs) creepy (laughs) there. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy's in love with my husband. So, I'm like... So, in our bedroom, we have, like, the overhead light, right? That's connected to the fan. But generally, like, Steve, the Steve will get to... Yes, surrounding the mirror on the ceiling. Steve will get into bed usually before me because I just... I don't sleep well. And so, I try to stay downstairs for as long as possible. And then, I go upstairs. And then... So, but I have the only lamp in the room is on my nightstand, but I'm not allowed to turn it on because Steve just completely loses his shit if he's asleep and I turn on the lamp, right?
0: So it's like a sudden, like, bolting up light. Jesus. Yes. No, he's like, no, no, it always
1: starts with, baby, what are you doing? And I'm like, nothing, nothing, nothing. Don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. And he's like turn the goddamn light off right now i'm like whoa <laughs> dude that escalated so yeah. fast <laughs> let's talk about it you want to talk about your anger i'm gonna leave the light on while we do it
3: why are you yeah, the, I mean, the it's, dark master
1: it's, so but the worst part about it is that the other thing that really pisses steve off is if i leave lights on downstairs right So my big dilemma is that I have to turn all the lights off downstairs and then make it up the very scary, dark stairway into the upstairs and then into the bedroom, all with nothing but the light of my phone.
3: PCOR, what do you got? And it better not be clowns. I mean, because darkness is so fucking...
1: I think cliched. it's pretty
3: legit though. It's a cliche,
2: you know. Well, I'm not afraid of heights, but I'm, when I'm in high places oh, I could have done
1: that one. <laughs>
2: when I'm in a high place on an on a like an edge of a building or say, the Grand Canyon, I have this urge
3: to I jump. I feel
2: like I have this urge to jump. <laughs> what? It's just a, it draws me and I totally have that too. It's a physical yeah. it like my body leans and my fear is, Shut up. my fear is that someday, just I'm just going to go. keep going. Yeah, I'm going to go. Me too.
3: My greatest fear <clears throat> at Disneyland. Pirates of the Caribbean, underground, earthquake hits. Oh, fuck that. Animatronics. Mm -hmm. All Mm -hmm. the animatronic pirates fall into the water. Boat stops. I have to get out, wade through the water, and the animatronics are still moving. Oh, (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, my, you know when it's really scary when your eyes start to water as uh-huh. you're described? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, that is freaking terrifying.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I like- mean,
3: even to this day, and they've added some things. Like, last time um, we went on Pirates of the Caribbean, they've added some things. Yeah. like. Like when the cannonballs go, like there's a big puff of air that almost like blows your cap off and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that shit, I mean, I'm <laughs> Pat's like just
1: always wearing a cap when and he they've goes. Got, to they've got, they've got until I'm always that wearing
3: point, my chapeau. I've either got a
1: derby, I've got a derby on Bowler or a fedora.
3: <laughs> but um, and they've got proje- they've got they project now. Mermaids in the water, and that I, I had never noticed it before. And I'm like, "What the <laughs> fuck is that?" <laughs> and you know, then I like elaborate. I'm, I tell Gabe, I'm like, "Yeah, they like the mermaids put their hands
0: up on the side of the boat," and Gabe's like, "What?" <laughs> so, staying in like a high rise hotel or something like that, far more frightened of being on the ground floor of the hotel than being up on the top Why? floor the Oh, I totally agree. Because all disagree. the weight above you? Because, yes, because of all the weight that's above me.
3: So you'd rather be the weight collapsing on that individual? Sure,
0: because maybe. at least I can jump.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have one that I think is a Under
0: very... what, another, another building? or <laughs> Totally. I mean, so, haven't you seen American Ninja Warrior? Yeah, I've been there, practicing. Of course <laughs> We All should right. probably start to wrap this up. Uh, so, any any final final thoughts, subjects?
1: Thanks, P-Core. Yeah,
0: thanks, Quinn, thanks for P-Corp. having. Me. Thank you, yeah. and thank you for bringing the the banjo. I was kind of only like half kidding when I was like, "Oh, you're going to put." No, put, yeah, you we know, came out, and put, but yeah, Quinn's right. I we, enough of that. You know, techno bullshit that I made. We should we should have like a banjo. I will work thing. on
2: a. I'll compose a. You uh, should do some stuff. Shakes. Yeah, we'll do some stuff. Whoa, what
0: you? Kind of, you just got you just yeah. got personal <laughs> to, No, well, I had room.
1: Like, <laughs> this was, it's <laughs> just like I, it requires she me should, to sit like this for the pulled, whole for some time. Some and, I just thought Oprah gum.
3: Winfrey for some reason because <laughs> you are the right You
0: thought Oprah Winfrey <laughs> like, can, can, because can, I can command real shit second. out
1: of a room oh, when I hold God. a microphone. I'm like,
0: we're gonna get real for a second here. You get a
1: podcast, and you get a podcast, and you get a podcast.
0: Okay, so what 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 did you pull the mic off the stand and, and get close with us for? Well,
1: no, because it's no, just... no. I mean, what what do you want to say? No, I didn't want to say anything. I just oh, didn't want to. I just wanted to hold the microphone. It was. She's tired off. of leaning in. Yeah, hooked. it's giving you me a what? weird next neck episode,
3: Next episode, I say we go. Standless, and we walk around mm. holding the mics, and we just walk. I actually around think that would fun. be great. I think, I think that be would really be really awesome. funny. We're I not allowed to too. sit, and we yeah. yeah, we're not allowed to sit, and we just do big like
0: emotional body movements
3: <laughs>
1: when we're talking. <laughs> yeah, no, it. I'm into would that. Would make,
0: <laughs> make setup a whole lot easier for me. That'd be for sure. Uh, we talked. Oh, was it last? Oh, week? I do have something. Yeah, go ahead. I don't think it's
1: what you think it is. <laughs> I don't think it's what you think That's it fine. is.
0: That's fine. Um, what what is it? I have
1: great news. So remember how I told you guys about Rebel?
0: Yes. Well, you told me about it. No, oh, you didn't tell me. About I didn't it. tell no, you. This, this was a, well. This was a it's a
1: nonprofit uh, that is geared. It's a uh, geared towards uh, putting these like student-led prevention programs into high schools and middle schools that teach students how to be critical consumers of the media so that they have all the tools and knowledge that they need to like battle negative body image issues, eating disorders, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's not just geared towards girls. It's, it's boys and girls. Uh Um, and it's getting a lot of traction and it's getting really big. and, And I just actually, I just joined the board. They accepted me to the board of it. And, um, I submitted their application to add to here and they were accepted as the virtual, Agency, the of agency of the year. Client yeah. of the that's, year. that's awesome. Great. Yeah, very cool. That is good. So now I don't have to single-handedly do all their marketing, which was really stressing me out.
0: <laughs> that is great. That, that is, is very good. good. And yeah, it, it does. Uh, no, it was you and I that were talking about. Yeah, that. Yeah,
1: I couldn't remember.
0: And it and it does sound like a really cool thing, and and obviously something that you are very well qualified to sit on the board of and and help. So I think that's yeah. Cool.
1: I'm I'm really excited. I'm really excited because uh, the more research and the more. Uh, Looking into it, I do the more I find out that there's literally no other nonprofit like this out there. It's completely unique in its category Mm -hmm. and the demand for it is so high. I mean, it's just shockingly high because the fact that this kind of program doesn't already exist in most schools It's really, I mean, that's horrible, especially when kids are coming in at such like an impressionable age where all of a sudden, you know, it's like middle school. It's like, oh, I don't look like everybody else. And that makes me feel bad about myself. And then that's when bad stuff starts happening. And Rebel does a lot to uh, prevent that.
0: Yeah. We we figured out when we're going to have the party.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: um, we mentioned last episode that we have, had tabled it because we had, you know, Pat going off to go read, okay, his, now, read his book.
3: Uh, really, seriously, it should be known Look, man, that I was totally fine the with the 10th. I was totally fine with the mm-hmm. 10th, and it was Quinn That's that so, fucked oh, it. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, and
0: it, it usually is Quinn that fucks up our pants.
1: Because the 10th is an awesome day. It's Tuesday. You can Tuesday. go, and, and
3: really quick, you can go online, and you can purchase uh, the book, uh, pre-order the book, which will be released uh, September 12th. Yep. Go to LSU um, yep. publications. Um, yeah, well, we,
0: we had the link in the show notes last time. We'll put yeah. it in there again. Yeah. Uh, but, no, we the party is now officially... October seventeenth, which is a Thursday, so it's not a crappy Tuesday, so people might actually show up for that. So, October seventeenth is going to be our Shake Big time. appreciation party. Yeah, it's our be a year good time. anniversary, yep. <coughs> and and um, we're going to get a practice run at it. Sort of, sort of, sort of. So that is on September nineteenth. We've been asked to, to
1: host the Clio event yeah. the cleo's event for ad club mm-hmm. so we will be providing colorful commentary Somewhat, on work yeah. that is far better than anything we've done Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. So
0: yeah, so we're going to bag on it. <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: makes total, total sense. So the the uh, the the Ad Club here in Kansas City, every year they have this party where they buy the the winner's reel of the Cleos and they sit down, everybody has some drinks and, and watches it and all that. And in years past, it's always come on a DVD where it's just like one spot right after the other, boom 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 boom, you know. And the only
1: person that talks is like Joy Moeller. Yeah, who's Joy. like mm-hmm. I hate and <laughs> so she's no, like yeah. wasted. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, so this Tim year edit. Yeah, so this year instead of it being on a DVD, it's all downloadable uh, you know, files. And so they figured, "Hey, since we can put some some time in between some spots, who better to uh give their expert opinions on what they just saw than the folks Us. of the mm-hmm. shakes." Yes. So yeah, so September 19th, um Tentatively, right now, I think it's going to be at the Alamo Draft House. Holy, nice son of a! Seriously, seriously, god damn it, that is awesome. Seriously, so the, now, however, like I said, tentative. That could change, but yeah, it. Uh, is, they better is secure that. Slated for uh, the Alamo Draft House, September nineteenth. Come it. see Quinn, Pat, and I uh, talk about advertising uh, while we all drink. So. Um, yeah, it's gonna so there's, yeah, that's going to be that. So uh, there's, there's that. Um, it, so you're doing your thing in in Louisiana. You're going to go read that. Yep, we'll talk September 12th. Quinn is uh, on her phone as usual. Pat's money is in his mattress because he's afraid the banks are going to fail. And Paul can be found <laughs> at banjohangout.org under the screen name Clawhammer 1845. <laughs> So I think that wow. pretty much does
1: somebody <laughs> took their you medicine today. <laughs> you just summed up
3: the hour and a half in like thirty seconds. That was brilliant. That was yeah, so did not did take ADD. Of <laughs> you, I'm
1: like so impressed Look, right I have now. Notes. I know. I saw you writing stuff down. This is the it was first weirding me I'd out. That's a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Quinn's a crazy. Yeah. Paul's pretty goddamn cool, and we all suck.
2: Yeah. Paul's yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I just totally want to. I just want to know that nobody's going to break into my truck by the time I get out there. Oh no, there's literally that's no a, guarantee, no, that's no, that's not not guarantee that not going okay. to
3: Probably it's probably broken into, and you can't back up for <laughs> some reason. Yeah. <summary>, <laughs> yeah, because all the dead I bodies know out Totally out of totally <laughs> yeah. handle that. Yeah, so <laughs> I've
0: got a YouTube video on how to fix that. So, all right. Well, thank you, Paul, for coming in. Thank you. That's great. great. Amazing. Yeah. So, a guy. Uh, this has been another great episode. If you have any uh, requests for guests that we can have in, you know, of course they're probably going to be via Skype. You know, but every once in a while there might be a Kansas City person we can bring in to your mom's basement. Uh, give us an email at, or or call. Yeah, or call. Wow, uh, there's you know. a crazy idea because yeah, we haven't had that fucking in a while. call. Four one five four eight four five eight three zero leave a message or email us at the shakes at mule radio.net and let us know uh, who you'd like to hear us uh, have some conversations with anything else you need to know about the show is at cocktail napkin studios.com. And I think for that we can say bye. We're out. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
3: to the shakes with jeremy fukza pat piper and quinn katherman go to cocktail napkin studios.com for more information